Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The Braves Radio Network channel on the Podcast Park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Hey, welcome to Braves Country. Vanessa Briscoe Hay is Athens, Georgia music royalty. Her first wave band, Pylon, helped create the Athens music scene and heavily influenced the 80s and 90s American pop underground. All Music wrote that Pylon's role as an elder statesman of the alternative rock explosion is unassailable. Along with R.E.M. and the B-52s, Pylon is part of the big three of Athens music and were among the first artists to be enshrined on the new Athens music Walk of Fame. And Vanessa keeps the heart and soul of Pylon music moving into the future with her new band, the Pylon Reenactment Society. From their debut album, Magnet Factory, coming in February of 2024 on Strolling Bones Records, to her definitive Pylon collection, simply titled Box, to a scorching track on the upcoming Kevin Kenny tribute album, Hay is keeping her foundational music in a leadership role. And she's still an Athens resident who never misses a dog's game on TV and is a lifelong Braves fan, too. It's an incredible honor to have her join us today. Vanessa Briscoe, hey, welcome to Braves Country. So nice to be here. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today. 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. It's an honor to be here. I guess it's kind of like an uh, unknown little secret that uh, my family have always loved sports. My mother was actually a high school um, basketball player who uh, won the state championship back in Barrow County back in the 50s. And uh, I was a little bit of a disappointment because I was really clumsy at basketball, but we just loved sports. Well, the fact that you said Barrow County and you got a 706 area code makes me like you that much more because I'm northwest Georgia up in Dalton. I wasn't real good at sports, but I love them. And I also have a 706 area code, so we're, we're like kindred spirits. Ah, well, hey, neighbor. <laughs> That's right. Shoot, yeah. And then we, we, when you talk about the Braves and you know the fact that you love the Braves and 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 your mama loved Dale Murphy. I that was my favorite player. You know, my mama, she would know a football from a, a you know a, a horseshoe. You know, she just she don't care about sports, but she knew how much I loved them, and so she would buy me Dale Murphy posters, and t-shirts, and stuff when I was a kid, and and. The fact that your mama loves Dale Murphy and loved Dale Murphy is is that makes her a saint in my eyes already. And the fact that she saw Hank Aaron hit the home run in person, I mean that is incredible. That is I want to talk about royalty. And I know you're you're Athens music royalty, but that that's Atlanta Braves worldwide royalty. Oh yeah, well this uh, seeing uh, Hank Aaron hit that home run. Uh, my dad and my Uncle John loaded up the kids in the back of a pickup truck, you know, back when you could get away with that. <laughs> and uh, either the late 60s or early 70s, it must have been um, 70 or something, but uh, it was a, a very um, poorly attended game that particular day. I can't remember who was playing, uh, but there were like a, a group of young boys who were running around with baseball mitts trying to get a ball i guess you know that might be hit offside or into the stands and uh two or three feet ahead of us um there was a young woman with a child she looked like she was three or four years old well hank aaron came up to bat and he hit a home run right in this child's lap and the young boys just suspended like vultures trying to get that ball away from her. And I guess it was her mama. She stood up with a pocketbook and um, beat him off with it. Oh <laughs> Y'all get away from my daughter. <laughs> that's, that's a good Southern mother there. That's her ball. That's right. You stay away from my daughter's ball. Now, Vanessa, and before the, the show, you told me that you also, that your mama had to uh, kind of... Uh, protest against the Braves for a minute there, something involving Dale Murphy, right? Well, back in uh, 1990, they had a very poor season, but she watched them religiously every single game, and it didn't matter to her if she wasn't like a fair-weather fan. She watched every single game, and uh, I think uh, late in the season, like August or September, um, they traded Dale Murphy away, and she was so angry that she would not watch the Braves again that season. Um, but then, uh, 
I can't remember exactly what happened, but in 91, they started to get really good again. Uh, They got Chipper Jones around then, I think, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if he did a whole lot at first. But anyway, they started winning, and she just couldn't help herself. She started watching again, and, um, of course, they went to the World Series that year, um, but lost uh, to Minnesota in the uh, postseason. Yep. You remember that's the game where uh, the postseason team were waving the white handkerchiefs. Oh yeah, that well those Minnesota yeah. cheaters. What they did, they cheated basically. I I think they turned the air conditioning on blowing in when we were batting and and on blowing out when the Twins were batting. And also their first baseman just manhandled Ron Ganton to get an out that they shouldn't have gotten. But uh, you know I was also a huge Dale Murphy fan. And I'll tell you one thing that maybe to take heart in is that. When they did trade Dale, it was because he knew that they had so much talent in the minor leagues coming up, and he knew he needed to make room in right field for Dave Justice, who actually turned out, I think, to be one of our MVPs that year, right? Right, Tug, in 91 of the worst of first season. And then, yes, you know, sir. Hit that home run in the, in the World Series later in 95. So, you know, he, even in his absence, he was helping the Braves by kind of going, you know what, I'm going to move aside here and let these youngsters take over. Yeah, he's like a... He's he's like such a stand-up guy. I mean, he's the kind of person that you do want your kids to look up to. So I'm not surprised to hear that about him. Yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of athletes say I'm not a role model. Dale Murphy's not like that at all. Dale Murphy wants to be a role model. He wants to be that uh, that person that people can look to and be like, hey, man, he does it the right way. Yeah, he sure does. And remember back then we had uh, Hill Necro. I yeah. loved Hill Necro when I was a kid. Shoot I was you. real fascinated with the idea of a knuckleball. I'm I, still I fascinated by it. Not very well, but I tried to hold it like a knuckleball. I could never make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big ball for a knuckleball. That's that's for sure. At least but put forth the effort. That's, I appreciate the fact that you tried. <laughs> And man, I love Phil Necro too. And when he came back, the Braves signed him to a one-game contract in the mid-'80s there when he uh, was retiring. He came back to retire as a Brave. And my whole family carted up the truck, and we came up and, and saw that game. And it was the only game up until then uh, that I'd ever seen the whole stadium sold out, which was amazing. So great, great wow. times with Phil. And the dogs, too. Night. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Georgia Bulldogs, the fact that you're an alumni and a fan and – watch every game on tv i mean look it's uh it's probably been what since 1982 the last time that uh you went to a game in sanford stadium watching the world famous herschel walker greatest running back greatest college player of all time i i did it was actually they build that as uh the the night that the lights came out in georgia i mean they had lights before but there was something different about it they might have been redone but anyway it was a night game and i had a friend that actually uh gave me and my husband bob hay uh uh, some tickets and um i don't know what you call that level between the upper and lower stands and so we had really nice seats it was like woo yeah you know we would never afford anything like that but he had been injured early in the season or preseason and broken his spine. <laughs> and so he wasn't playing, but the second half, I guess they were so far ahead or something, they put him in, and he had his right thumb bandaged like 
straight up with this big white bandage. Yeah. And, and he ran out on the field, and the stadium was just electrified. Well, he just did, like, I think one play where somebody did a fake pass to him, and then he passed it back, and mm-hmm. uh, they scored. But I think there was something, like, they took it back because somebody was considered to be holding. Oh, no, right? no. Do you remember anything about that? Well, look, I, you see about every game, so it doesn't surprise me. But the old flea flicker, man, and, and then to get a holding call, that's the worst. But the fact that you got to see Herschel play – that's the coolest thing because I got a Herschel Walker jersey on my wall. My wife bought it for me for Father's Day one year because he's always been my favorite player. And I would I would do anything to be able to to have gone and seen Herschel Walker play. I think so many people listening right now are probably pretty envious of you. Oh, wow. Well, he was great. I mean, you know, there was nobody like him. I graduated in 78, so he came on board after that. But, you know, the 1980 championship that was the last time before two seasons ago that we won it it was because of herschel you know can you compare the 80 national championship to the back-to-back seasons that we've had can what was it like then versus now was it better then was it better now what what can you like what's your perspective on those having seen all three of them now well as a fan who's actually could go into town and go to games back then it's like a different dynamic here in town um i mean you know kirby smart is a great coach but um i'm sorry he's not vince dooley okay? well i mean i don't know that anybody's vince dooley i love vince dooley me too i love kirby smart but their personalities are totally different um like kirby he's you know he's a very uh Animated. He seems very dynamic and maybe even a, a little nervous or something. He's like going from moment to moment in the game. And Vince seemed more like a strategist and he was very cool, you know, and very collected, you know. Um, I, I never saw him lose his temper. And um, as a student, you know, we met him on campus many times. But back then, the students, uh, before they completely enclosed the stadium, uh, some who couldn't afford tickets, uh, which were really cheap at the time, when I was a student, you get a coupon book for one or two dollars a game, and those coupon books that they just tore off and said, you go sit in the student stands. And, uh, you know, even if you didn't have that, because you had to stand in line to get them and not everybody could get one. Um, you could sit on the railroad tracks, of which maybe a train might go through once a month. <laughs> you could sit up there and watch it, or you could get on the bridge and watch it. So, um, you know, those uh, games uh, at Sanford Stadium, I mean, a few times I think some of the fraternities would bring couches and put them on the stadium um, bridge and sit there and watch. And when they won the national championship, it was like, well, you know, the difference between the way they celebrated then and now is back then, Millage Avenue was like a sea of red solo cups. (laughs) (laughs) It was like back-to-back cars, you know, honking, and people riding the back of trucks and whatever. Um, But, uh, um, the last 
one. They actually went downtown and they were ripping up trees and oh, stuff. Lord. And so I don't think that's good. I think no. they need to, you know, Act right. destruction versus littering. Littering, you can pick it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so you just got to act I don't, right. I don't, I, don't, I don't go with all that. They need to, like, chill out on some of that stuff. Shoot, yeah. Act right. That's all we ask people to do, just act right. That's but, right, you know. That's and, what and I, and I, Rachel used to say. Some yeah. people were never taught how to act right. That's, that's it. As southern as it gets right there, just and act right. And they better not touch those hedges. That's all I got to say. <laughs> We are speaking with, if you love music, especially the music out of Athens, Georgia, and it's so important to Scott and I and, and people that that are born and raised here in Georgia and throughout uh, Braves country, we're talking to Vanessa Briscoe-Hay of Pylon and Pylon Reenactment Society, and you can visit them on the web. We are pylon.com. Yeah, also make sure you check out the new website, pylonreenactmentsociety.com, and uh and their new records coming on Strolling Bones Records. StrollingBonesRecords.com is a great place to check that out. Uh, let's talk about the music a little bit here. Um, st- let's start with the present and the future because that's where we are right now. And uh, your new Pylon Reenactment Society album, Magnet Factory, on Strolling Bones Records, coming out February of 2024. Pre-orders are live now, and, and they got you even have signed copies of the album and CD on the Strolling Bones Records website and I, I know you got two digital singles out right now with, with videos you got a uh, three times three and flowers everywhere i love flowers everywhere especially um i think we're going to play that one to close out the show today but uh tell us a little bit about the process of creating the pylon reenactment society and this new record magnet factory well we got our start you know like uh nine or ten years ago i guess you'd call us an overnight success right right takes ten years <laughs> but uh <laughs> It was just, we were going to just play this thing called Art Rock Dathans, which was uh, like a music and art show that showcased like the connection between um, Athens music and um, art scene back in uh, the 70s and 80s. And uh, I was asked to put some music together. And then I asked my friend Jason E. Smith, who had been in uh, Supercluster with me, which was a recording project, uh, to help me put together a band. Well, he basically got his band at the time called Casper and the Cookies to back me up, and we learned some pylon material, and people just went bananas. I was like, oh, that's great, and I just enjoyed that experience and kind of put that up on the shelf for a while. Well, a year later, Jason came to me and said, uh, hey, we're doing it again. Would you like to have more time and open for Fred Schneider? And I said, sure. Um, he had to get, we had to get a different drummer uh, for a while, Joe Rowe from the Glands, because Gregory Sanders had injured his shoulder. So it was Jason E. Smith, Kate Stanton, um, Joe Rowe, and then I got a keyboard player named Damon Denton, who's actually a, a classical pianist. And so uh, it went so well that uh, Dressy Bessie heard about us and asked us to come play some shows with them. And so we did, and it was so much fun. People kept asking us to play, so we did. And the more we played, the more we started jamming and writing material. It was like we couldn't, um, we couldn't like, help ourselves from, you know, doing that once we were together. And so uh, we started writing songs. And then we were about going to the studio, then the pandemic hit, and uh, 
then, you know, once it was over, we came back out of the studio. One of the first things we did was record a Count the Flowers because we had been asked to be on this uh, Kevin Kenny tribute um, that's going to be coming out uh, on vinyl in November for uh, Black Friday Record Store Day. And uh, I'm, I was just really kind of over the moon because I love Kevin's voice. Uh, he really... I really feel him in my heart when I hear him sing, and he's such a wonderful, prolific songwriter. I mean, you know, you look at the other people on the record, he's got members of the Violent Fins, and then he's got Scott and Peter from the Baseball Project and all that, so I'm super excited about that. So then we went on recording, and uh, we finished our album, and then... Um, Stolen Bones Records, which is a subsidiary of New West Records, um, signed us. And so I'm very excited um, to be releasing brand new material. Yeah, and we're all excited to hear it, too. And uh, Pylon playing in Athens is like a major event, Tug, but uh, the fact that there's new new music now is, is just incredible because we thought it was just always going to be all the music that's in the box set, Box, uh, which is on New West. Um and now to have this new energy is just incredible. And, and also, it, it, it is great that you're on the Kevin Kinney tribute record. And I think it's amazing that all the musicians around the South and r- the world really are rallying around that. It's the Let's Go Dancing record. It's coming out November 24th on Tasty Goody Records. I think we're going to try to get uh, Anna Kinney or Annie, Anna Jensen uh, and Kevin to come up here and talk about it soon. But, um, man, i got to tell you, uh, Miss Vanessa, we love that Count the Flowers version that you do on the record I, I got wind i got to hear it and I, I guess it's out as a single i tell people every day that i can it's the most punk rock thing that i've heard in a long time it's so awesome oh thank you that uh, really makes me really happy that people were um enjoying it i mean i think my band just nailed that i mean they're so good and uh when I was in there singing it, uh, you know, David Barbie uh, recorded it and mixed it at Chase Park Transduction. You know, he's in the Drive-By Truckers and a lot of other projects he's done. And I, I just said, can somebody bring me a beer? And David Barbie brought it to me <laughs> myself. And he was just smiling at me, and I knew I was on the right track. Yeah, so, you were. It's a great track, by the way. And let's let's play it here on the show. Uh, we're gonna drop it in right now. So here's "Count the Flowers" from the upcoming uh, Kevin Kenny tribute record. Let's go dancing. It's from the first of four records that are c- gonna come out. The first one, November 24th, and then three more next year. And then we'll be back with more. Uh, we'll t- let's talk about the historical significance of Pylon when we get back right after this song on the Braves Country Podcast.
song so glad to have vanessa briscoe hay from pylon and pylon reenactment society scott Mung. yeah man it's an honor to have you here vanessa and um you know i was talking to our mutual friend valina vigo the other day and she's the one who really coined the the phrase or just said it that uh you are athens music royalty and i was looking over some things before we talked and uh and the thing about pylon the thing about pylon is that uh as NPR said, you know, they're your favorite band's favorite band. You guys really started it all. You kind of launched the whole art rock scene, which became alternative music. And uh, what is that? Do, did you know that was happening back then? And did it ever hit you? Or when did it hit you that maybe um, people were getting into your band and also creating a, a new wave of alternative music? I, I don't know. You know, when you're in the middle of something, you don't realize... You know, you were in a movement. You know, I mean, I, I have to say that first of all. But it was like, uh, it was really incredible to me because just all of a sudden, it was like we were on this trajectory. It's like I got on this really fast-moving train, and it was almost too much to take in. I mean, it was, wasn't just us. We were surrounded by uh, a whole movement of people and music it was uh, all about doing it yourself and uh they embraced us and, and we embraced you know um, some of them <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh um it, it was just an amazing time uh to be an artist and a musician so uh um and then you know later on uh you know pylon disbanded and became a mother and became a nurse and um you know pylon got back together and you know disbanded and you know in between all these times that the band was together i just live what you would call a completely normal life i mean i have kids i had a job i drove a van i was took my kids to soccer practice i was a girl scout troop leader you know 
It's not oh, exactly what of. not exactly what you think of when you think of punk rock or alternative rock. Uh, th- that type of lifestyle. It's it's something that you are a. It just shows how many layers there are to you. That there's not just one thing that you have to be. You're you're a an actual human being that can do multiple things and and wonderful things. Yeah, that's right. And I think that a you know a lot of people do have these layers because you're not just this show, are you? I don't know what else you do, but. You have hobbies and other mm-hmm. things that you love to do, and you love your family. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of musicians that I've met are just like that. I mean, they, you know, put their pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else. It's not like I'm the lady who cleans the toilets around <laughs> here, okay? I did that in the Navy <laughs> and still do it at home. <laughs> Well, who does it now? Oh, well, no, I still, I, well, I, I'm out of the Navy, so somebody else is going to have to clean the ones in the Navy. I have to clean the ones at home now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, alternative well, yeah. alternative rock took <laughs> off so much, and then, of course, 91, the year that punk broke and all that, but um, one of the big bands that was around you and sort of drew inspiration from you at the same time was, of course, our friends in R.E.M., and uh, you guys had a special relationship. You were contemporaries, but also friends, and... And one thing that I noticed that was really cool is in 87, uh, Bill Berry, he declined Rolling Stone's claim that R.E.M. was America's best band, and he said that it was actually Pylon. And they also covered your song Crazy, and they, they always said you were a huge influence. And tell us a little bit about the relationship with R.E.M. and maybe what it felt like that year when he said that in Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, that was an incredible thing for him to say. You know, my baby was, my first baby was born in January 1987, and it was like uh, between that and um, I think, you know, that year, the year before Athens, Georgia, Inside Out had come out and, you know, all that, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, usually, you know, like a pop band or whatever, you think they have like a four or five-year lifespan and then, you know, you kind of end up in the dust band of history, you know, the record dust band. <laughs> and uh, I, I I, just couldn't believe it, but they were always very, very kind and sweet uh, to my band. We played with them on the Green Tour, and uh, um, I think that, you know, actually, Michael and Curtis hung out with the guys more than I did, but uh, I, I hung out with Sandra Lee Fitz, who was their office manager, and sometimes, you know, We'd run into like Michael Stipe or you know some of the others, and always very kind and nice and sweet and all of that. I mean, they're really, really great guys. So um, you won't find me saying one word against them. Oh my gosh, we we but my wife is from upstate New York, and I'm from Northwest Georgia, and we met while I was in the military. And what we connected on was REM music. It's it's funny that uh, they've been such a you know had a big impact on me as a kid from Georgia, and I love alternative rock. I grew up on country, but I found alternative and punk on my own, and I and I love it by itself. You know, as a standalone, I'm just a music kid, I guess. And but it was funny because my wife had never heard any really any country music that she cared much for, and uh, we've been married 22 years now. The thing that we connected on was REM music, and so. Uh, when we've been fortunate enough to talk to those guys here on the Braves Country Podcast, we're like, hey, can y'all please, somebody tell me that there's going to be a tour, you know, that, that y'all are going to, to do it again. And, and the answer is always no. 
and it, it almost makes it, and as, as weird as this is to say, it almost makes it more special that they don't because it's it it leaves it where it was and and the greatness that it was you don't have to go back and try to relive it all they say is this is what we were that's not what we are today and that's okay it is i mean you know you grow and change and and uh, i mean they have other projects i mean sure um, michael was involved in art and he's still making music i believe and uh of course um, Peter and Michael, um, they're playing with uh, the baseball project, and uh, the uh, I think Peter is – Michael also – I can't remember. He's in the no ones. I, I think it's Peter. But, you know, they have all these projects that they enjoy doing. So, I mean, I think it's wonderful. And, I mean, their music, R.E.M.'s music, is just as relevant um, to me today as it was then. Agreed. I ran into Bill Berry a few years ago at a Christmas party, and I said, Bill, do you ever regret you said that about Pylon? Because <laughs> 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 it's like this one quote that just keeps resurfacing all the time. And he just looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, I meant every word. Oh, man. Do, do, ha- do you have that? that article from rolling stone anywhere did anybody ever give it to you do you have it do you keep it i mean obviously it means a lot to you but sometimes you know just over the years you either don't get something or or don't have something is that something you have a copy of i have a copy of it somewhere i think but i did give some things to uh special collections at UGA. I don't know if it ended up in there or not. You That's know, cool. I'm not a big one to go back and look at a lot of my stuff. It's like my kids, I never really played, you know, pylon for them. I thought that was like very Sunset Boulevard, if you know what I mean. I mean, my daughters didn't really understand it. Sometimes they would be kind of confused about how total strangers would sometimes come up to me or whatever. And I once heard my younger daughter, she had some friends over in the third grade, and she pulled out a pylon record, and she said, listen to this. This is my mom. She was an R.E.M. (laughs) (laughs) She's close. Close. (laughs) Well, but but she's not wrong in the influence. That influence was in R.E.M., so she's not wrong. They did cover crazy. It counts. That counts. Yeah. Well, I just mean the influence, though. That made R.E.M. who they are. So your influence is in R.E.M. without question. Oh, that's so sweet. But they would have been doing something anyway. I tell you, those guys are so talented. Yeah, no doubt. But they wouldn't have been what they were without the the impact that you and i know you're you're too modest to to take any of this praise and i'm going to continue to heap it on because it's well deserved and and it's and it's so i just find it so sweet because my family is so important to me my wife and i've been married 22 years and uh, she's my best friend in the world and and my son's you know 19 and off in college and and they're they're the lights of my life but i listen to music because it makes me think of them every second of every day. There is a song that will play. As soon as I get home, I turn music on, and it doesn't go off until I go to bed. And at some point, I will be stopped in my tracks because there will be a song that strikes a, a nerve or a chord in, in my soul that makes me think of my wife or my son. So I know the impact of music, and I love it, and I embrace it, and, and I know what you've done for music 
and and I think it's amazing. So I will not I will not stop complimenting you, even though if it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> well, thank you. My family is important to me too, and I do have. My dad was a huge, huge country fan. He actually saw Hank Williams Senior twice. Wow, dude, that's, that's Hank, old school. Dude, that is. I mean, if I if have you ever been asked like if you could go back and see somebody that you were never never able to see, who would it be? I think Hank Williams would probably be it for me. He would definitely be way up on the list for me, you know, somebody I never would have seen. And I think Jimi Hendrix would be another. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, Jimi Hendrix. up For me, Kurt Cobain, I never got to see Nirvana. out there. 91 when I was a freshman in high school, when Nevermind hit, I never got to see him. He, he passed three years later. Wow. Were you, were you at that? Did you go to that 91 show at the 40 Watt and see Nirvana? Vanessa? Uh, no, I, I had I had to work that day and the next day, and uh, but I heard about it. It was like I had friends that went. And they said, "You won't believe it, but they tore that screen down off the stage." You know, they used to yeah. have a projection screen. You know, that would pull down at the back of the forty rod. Um, I guess sometimes they still do, but uh, that was the main thing I heard at first, and then <laughs> I heard how how great they were and uh you know yeah they're pretty but no, I, I didn't see it i wish i'd seen that Shoot, me too <clears throat> now you mentioned that you had to work that night and let's talk a, a little bit more about this you also mentioned it earlier that uh you know you stopped your music career for for many years uh to to raise your two daughters and to work as a full-time nurse and uh Tug and I really believe in family first and, and really respect that. And Would you tell us a little bit about making that decision and and, uh, and how that worked for you? Did you miss it, or were you just all in on the family and making sure that your daughters were raised properly and that you took care of them? Well, I, I was all in. I mean, at, at, at first I tried to do, you know, pylon, and we would do a little bit of touring uh, when we got together the second time. Um, I had one daughter who was born in 87, and uh, we broke up uh, the second time in 91. And uh, so I used that as the opportunity to change careers. Before um, that, I'd done um, a managerial like uh, position with a copy store in Athens, and uh, I just, you know, didn't really feel any enthusiasm about going back to retail. So I wanted to do something with my life. If I was going to work a job that had some kind of meaning, I thought about teaching. I tried substitute teaching and found out I was not cut out for it. I wouldn't <laughs> be either. Bless Paul teachers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I have some nurses in my family, and I talked about it with them, and they said, we think you would be a great nurse. Um, and I also helped take care of one of my grandmothers in uh, God bless high school who had had a stroke. So I would go sit with her on the weekends sometimes. We all took turns with her. So uh, I knew exactly what it was. I didn't have any blinders on my eyes. I knew it could be messy, and it was part physical work. But you got to talk to people one-on-one and, um, you know, it was enjoyable. So I went to nursing school uh, my first year, 
um, I got pregnant with my second child, and the second year I had her sitting in my lap while I was typing papers and um, graduated and, you know, went to work on a unit at a local hospital, and I spent 21 years on the same unit. I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoy uh, um, especially uh, listening to stories from older people. You know, while you're taking care of them, they'll tell you stories sometimes if you're willing to listen. And uh, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and your husband also uh, split time between music and the family. He's a, a member of the Squalls, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, um, the lead singer and the main songwriter for Squall. Um, and uh, he also, well, he worked for the same copy center, but at a diff- different location for me for a while. And then he went to work for a local paper as a web designer. And uh, he's been retired for several years now. And uh, he just had reissues come out of his work. Um, one of them was uh, a live shows uh, from five live shows recorded at the 40 Rot called uh, Squalls Live at the 40 Rot. And, uh, and so uh, two albums and then a reissue uh, on Propeller Sound Recording. So their first EP was some uh, demos um with that so I, I helped him some you know with organizing that stuff and uh and spent a lot of fun you know uh seeing his three issues come out after you know the pylon box set now are your kids getting into art and music as well um well my older daughter is uh always been an artist and for a while she was a musician and played with some younger bands uh she Lived in Portland, Oregon for a while, went to art school there and uh, plays uh, bass and cello. Um, but uh, I think recently, and she didn't even tell me she was doing it, and uh, I couldn't go to the show, but she sang back up with Taxi Cab Versus at the 40 Rod. So she works for a local uh, T-shirt company and uh, also works part-time at the 40 Rod. Um, and my younger daughter, um, she is taking a break from going to college and she's working for a local hotel and, uh, she, she has, uh, a lot of artistic inclination, but, uh, she's never been involved with music other than to do karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) And she's into goth music, which has been a lot of fun. She was the first person. Uh, to tell me about Vision Video, and uh, we got to play with them right before the pandemic. And, of course, post-pandemic, they've just blown up. If you want to see some funny, funny stuff, go to their Instagram site and look up Goth Dad. Um, He's, like, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. (laughs) Goth Dad, okay. It's hard to describe. I mean, since, you know, you're a parent, I mean... I think you'll find it okay. really hilarious, you know, goth dad. Yeah, <laughs> boy. It's going to be interesting. Especially around Halloween. I'm a little nervous to go look at this, <laughs> but, but I can't wait to see it. Now, one other thing that I wondered is, uh, you know, the Athens Music Hall of Fame has recently launched, and uh, 
Pylon, of course, was one of the first artists announced to be uh, kind of honored in, uh, in, you know, cemented or uh, concrete there, literally and figuratively. Because uh, uh, what they're doing, Tug, is they're putting these pick designs on the ground, kind of like the Hollywood Star Walk yeah. of Fame, but there's these picks all over Athens now. And, uh, and there's plenty of room for growth, but they started with the foundation, of course, and the big three were there. Um, and Pylon, of course, was uh, was honored. And I know that had to be a huge honor, but and I want to know, what did you think of it? And then also, what did your kids think about that? <laughs> wow. Well, it was a huge honor. Uh, one day, you know, during the pandemic, I got a letter uh, that was addressed from the mayor, uh, Kelly Gertz, um, come in the mail. And what was funny about it is I almost didn't open it. I looked at it, and it looked like it might be a newsletter or something like that. And I just kind of tossed it aside for later. I mean, why would the mayor write me, you know? Yeah, maybe it was like a bunch of traffic tickets or something. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it had to be a mail or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. But I finally opened it up, and I was completely surprised to read that Pylon would be in the first group installed on the Athens Music Walk of Fame. I mean, I had no idea that there was going to be a Music Walk of Fame. Uh, I didn't know it was in the works. And uh, I was just totally surprised. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I felt a little guilt, too, because there's all these people making posts on social media. Well, why didn't they induct them in the first group? Or why not these people? Or these people have been making music longer than those people. And I was just, like, kind of cringing a little bit. Oh, my God, we got inducted. They're all mad at me. And I had <laughs> I have nothing to do with I it. I had nothing to do with this, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. But, you know, it's like you're saying there's room for growth. Every year they're adding more people, and I think, you know, more people will get their due. You know, this is um, moves along here. Um, anyway, they had the announcement and induction ceremony on YouTube. Um, and, well, anyway, it was definitely a bright spot during lockdown for me, you know, to see all this. And also... You know, the thing about this and about box and all that, one thing that is in the front of my mind about all of that is I don't want Randy Bewley, the guitarist for Pylon, to be forgotten. Um, he was like my brother. He was such a great guitarist, and, you know, I just don't want him to be forgotten. So it was important to me. That's amazing, and, and that, that speaks to who you are and, and what you're all about. I mean, clearly... To leave a, a you know a career that you loved in music to go be a, a you know a mom to to be a a regular person, I mean that that says a lot about where your priorities are and and you live that and and then to to recap it and even you know when you talk about him like that, it's just very cool and and it means and I, I, I can guarantee it means a lot to the the folks that that were you know that that he loved and and loved him too. So I know they'll be thankful that you said that. Uh, no, no question. So, anyway, well, we want to finish the show and thank you so much for being being on. I mean, and taking the time with us, Vanessa Bresco, Vanessa Bresco Hay from Pylon and Pylon Reenactment Society. Um, end on some fun because I love to eat even more than I probably should. 
and probably <laughs> eating all the things that I shouldn't eat because my doctor tells me my blood pressure's creeping up there a little bit. I'm going to have to do a little better. But where are your favorite places? Like if I were to cruise over to Athens or anybody in uh, Athens or in Atlanta that are headed over that way listening to the Braves Country podcast, where are the best places to eat in Athens, in your opinion? I'm going to give you some kind of off-the-beaten trail. Good, kind good. Of places. Okay. That's what we love. There That's go. what we're talking Now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Okay, now, the first one you're going to laugh about, but there's a Chevron bread basket that's at the corner of Chase and Boulevard, and they have the best cat head biscuits. Come on. So you can have gravy, sausage, various meats, eggs, cheese, grits, all of that. And yes, you know, you can you can get it to go. Yeah, and, we we've uh, talked about we Tug and I talk about occasionally on this show a lot how um how you don't underestimate a gas station in the south for having great food. You know what I mean? That's right. And um, you know, we have several like Hispanic restaurants that are attached to gas stations, too. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I also want to say, let's see, and, uh, of course, fried chicken, pork chops, collards, mac cheese, you know, um, things like that. Um, Southern feed, Weaver D's, automatic for the people. You've probably already heard about that. Uh, They usually have a line right at lunchtime. So I'd recommend going early or late, although if you go late, you run the risk of them Running being out. out of some of the things, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can eat inside or outside or take it down to the river. And no. then for barbecue, mm-hmm. I'd say White Tiger Gourmet is uh, in the neighborhood off Boulevard on Hiawassee Avenue. It's like a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's like what used to be an old country store back there um, that uh, had, like, a butcher counter and three or four cans of, like, deviled ham and Vienna sausage and cigarettes and stuff in it, you know, in there. And um, this place called White Tiger Gourmet took it over and made it a really cute um, barbecue restaurant. So pulled pork and um, the um, barbecue chicken and... Um, things like that, you know, they have barbecue tofu, so wow. that's that's a great place to go. Hey, get it all in there. A buddy of mine's a vegan. His body, not because he wanted to be, his body just doesn't process animal fat, and so he's had to, you know, to to cut meats out of his his diet. So he would love that barbecue tofu. He'd be all over that. We can take him to White Tiger Gourmet. Shoot, yeah, get him some vanilla sausages and some cigarettes. Now, Vanessa, does Weaver is Weaver still at Weaver D's? Will he will he come out and say automatic for the people if we come over there? Or what how does it work? I've never asked him to say that. <laughs> okay. You know, usually he's in there working, taking orders. Got money. Got time for that. The next day oh. he'll be sitting over there with a the big old bucket, you know, cleaning collards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet if you asked him to, he would. I yeah. mean, um, and then I want to mention one last place. If you're driving, notice I'm not putting anything in downtown Athens mm-hmm. down. And the reason for that is, I mean, there's a lot of good restaurants. It's pretty easy to figure it out on TripAdvisor, but there's not any more meat and three restaurants oh, here, here. with Southern Feed and downtown Athens anymore since Mayflower just closed. Yep. So the last place I want to mention is the Traveling Hobo. It's in Watkinsville, 
There's some people taking the back way from Atlanta. They'll come through that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the week, it's a good place for lunch to get, like, fried shrimp, fried um, fish, you know, fried okra, hamburgers. <laughs> no, nothing that's really good for you that tastes really good when Heck you're hungry. Yeah. So there Jeez, you go. Yeah. That's my report there. That is great. I know there's, let's see, one, two, th- there's... Three out of the four that you mentioned there, I'd never heard of. And I went to school over there, spent a lot of time over there. And uh, so that is really good inside intel right there. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Oh, you're welcome. Vanessa Briscoe-Hay of Pylon and Pylon Reenactment Society. We are pylon.com, pylonreenactmentsociety.com. Strolling Bones Records, strollingbonesrecords.com, where you can find them. And then on Facebook, pylon.band. Thank you so much for for coming on with us. We appreciate you taking the time. You know, it, it's so you know the, these days everybody's busy. Everybody's got a, a million things going on. The fact that you took the time to uh, to talk to us, we we just appreciate it. It means a whole lot to us. And we want to play your song, Flowers Everywhere, uh, new Pylon Reenactment Society on the Magnet Factory on Strolling Bones Records to wrap up the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and I know everybody's going to enjoy the song. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. I hope you have the greatest day ever. Aw. Thanks, Vanessa. And you know what? Go dogs. Yes, right. <laughs> and go Braves. And go Braves. And go Braves. Ne- wait till next year. That's yes, right. right. We'll get wait them next till year. next year. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. That's right. This wasn't a bad season. No, no, it was no, a good no. One. Shoot, no, it wasn't. Something to build on. That's right, man. And, you, and, and if you think you're going to win the World Series every year, you're crazy. But That's right. But the dogs might win the national championship hey, look, every year. They got to beat on it again. <laughs> we'll see what the next four games bring with the SEC. Yeah. There we go. That's right. You got to win the SEC before you worry about that national That's championship. Right. I like it, Coach Hay. There you go. <laughs> That's right, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Vanessa. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Bye bye. Bye bye.
This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country supports the Warrior Alliance and the Shepherds Men, two phenomenal veteran organizations based in the South. Check out thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com for more info and resources. That's thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com. Braves Country would like to thank all of our nation's great veterans. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.